Hello, and welcome to the Achilles Heel Podcast. My name is Elias Rolfsima, and I'm your host. This is episode 3.5. It's a continuation of the episode that Coach Lindsey Kirschman from the University of Utah and I had earlier this week about identity and mental strength. Um, for those of you who might have listened to episode number one a couple days ago, we are picking up uh, on a section of the conversation whenever Lindsay was giving me some of her advice about how to deal with mental adversity and how to become a mentally stronger person um, and all things related to that. Also, I have one quick update. Um, during this conversation, I referenced my grandparents having been married for 60 years. Uh, that was incorrect. I realized afterwards they've actually been married for 70 years. So. Um, congrats to them for being incredible. I just wanted to add that in for clarity's sake. Thank you so much for listening. All right, I like that. Um, so dialing it back a little bit to um, like let's let, let's try and give some people just like a couple, you know, a couple things that they can take home, right? Take it to the batting cages. Uh, you know, let's say one to three things, right? So I'm gonna give you a couple different topics of if you can, I know, I know it's really hard. It's very, you know, it's an abstract concept, right? But if you can, let's go one to three things um, that helped you through some specific times in your life. It doesn't literally have to be in college. It can be if you want, right? But um, whenever you're going through some struggles, um, just more on the mental side of things, right? Kind of mentally struggling, yeah. could be mental health, could be your identity, like whatever else. Um, what's like one to three things? Um, that specifically helped you? Yeah. Um, I would say the first one is going to be, okay, so I think that your your circumstances you don't have control over sometimes, but you do have control over your thought process, and your thinking is going to definitely impact the emotions that you're experiencing, and your emotions are going to dictate kind of the action that you take, and then your actions are definitely going to impact the result or the outcome of your life. And so if you want to change the outcome, you have to work backwards and change the thought pattern, your your mindset. It's really hard to change your mindset when you're hanging out with people that just proliferate the same mindset you've always had. So I think the number one thing that I did was I surrounded myself intentionally with people who are going to speak truth into my life and challenge me to change my mindset. Um, and you have to be smart about who those people are. It can't just be a buddy all the time. Sometimes it's someone that's going to tell you something that you don't want to hear. But I think that was the number one thing, is finding a small collection of people that were going to help me change my mindset. Um, so that's number one. I love that. Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump, jump in. in. Quick. Something that all my athletes have heard me tell them is the people who you surround yourself with, they're who you're going to become, right? That's the future that you're going to have. Um, so one thing, a really like powerful image that I like to tell them is, hey, if you've got a group of four alcoholics, right, and you join that group, you've got a group of five alcoholics, yeah. right? Um, but also, I, I completely believe this to the same degree. It's like, if you've got a group of four millionaires and you have a fifth person join that group, you're going to have a group of five millionaires. Yeah. Um, and, and you can pencil in whatever goal um, is really important to you uh, that you want to achieve, right? We're talking about great husbands, right, or great wives, right? Add that fifth person, you're going to have five great. Um, but at the same time, you, you want to talk about kind of cheating like dirtbag, sleazy husbands, right? If you've got four of those and you add in a fifth person, that's who you're going to be at. Like, give it enough time, I guarantee it's going to be like that. Like, 
you're not too strong for that. Like you're not going to just yeah. kind of hang out with them and, and be the cool friend. Um, it's just not going to work. No, out. because those people are going to impact your thoughts and your thoughts are going to impact your emotions and actions. And that's going to impact your life. Yeah. hundred percent. I believe that it's a good analogy. Um, so yeah, that would be my first thing. Um, second thing I've done at one point in my life that was really powerful is thinking about who I am as a person. I wrote down a list of all the attributes that I thought represented the most authentic, genuine version of myself, like what I care about, what my values are, um, what's the most important things to me, uh, you know, all, all that stuff. What, what are signs that I'm happy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I went back and I had a couple people that I really loved and respected look at the list and add to it or, or subtract to it, like whatever they, they thought, like I had them kind of look at it too. And once I had that list, I was really reflective and I looked over it and I just asked myself, okay, which of these are actually evident in your life right now? You know? And it was a really powerful exercise because it showed me kind of where I had fallen away from who I am at my core and it helped me kind of reorganize my life a little bit to better match who I say I am. I want my life to reflect my identity and my values. Um, and so that was a really powerful exercise too. It actually led me to a complete career change. <laughs> um, so it was good. Um, and then... So hold on there. I'm okay. going to stop you real quick. Um, what specifically in your, in your list of values, and I'm assuming, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm assuming you're talking about the career change from Hooter High School to collegiate yes. coaching, right? Yes. Okay. So what, what in your list of values uh, made it apparent that being a high school strength and conditioning coach and high school coach uh, was out of line um, with whatever, you know, whatever your value was and that going to the collegiate level um, would be in line? For me, it was courage. So I don't think there's anything wrong with being a high school teacher and coach. I loved it. And I would probably, I might go back someday. You know, I've, I've considered that, like, especially when I'm older, want to retire or whatever. Like, I love the high school age group. But um, for me, it had been a nagging thing in the back of my head. Like, I really want to do this at the next level. I really want to do this at the next level. How fun would it be to do this at the next level? How exciting would it be to do this? It's like all these thoughts and feelings. And for me, my number one core value in my life is courage. It's what I admire the most in people. And it's what pisses me off the most when I'm acting out of fear. Um, and so for me, it was like, are you living courageously? Are you living your most courageous life that you can? Are you living inside of your comfort zone? When was the last time you stepped out of it? And I looked at that and I was like, shit, I am totally in my comfort zone. I am comfy, cozy, and I could be for the rest of my career. And it would have been a lot safer that way. Probably would have made more money at the end of the day too, but, um, but I wasn't satisfied, right? Because when you live outside of your integrity, it, it can make you physically sick. And so I was never going to be happy that way, even though it was a great situation. So that's, that was the impetus that, that caused me to shake it up and pursue that next level. 
I think um, kind of bouncing off of your physically sick comment there, one of the most interesting things I think that happens in the body, um, and I could be completely off base with this. I am not an MD, but uh, to my understanding, stomach ulcers are this condition where your stomach basically ruptures, right? You're almost bleeding internally, incredibly painful, um, very, very medically significant, right? Could be potentially life-threatening. Um, and to my understanding, um, they're entirely caused by psychological stress, right? And so you have this situation where the mind is so powerful and it's so overwhelming, um, right? Or it's called cognitive dis- yeah. dissonance, right? Where your actions are out of line with your beliefs, right? And your thoughts, yeah. kind of like you were alluding mm-hmm. to there, right? Um, and so it, it's fascinating to me whenever you get in this situation where this little thing up here is like, no, actually, we're like, we're going to create holes yeah. in your stomach lining that could potentially kill you because your actions are so out of line with your beliefs. It's kind of, I mean, that's, yes, that's true. Your body will, will tell you when you're not living how you should. Um, I just had this conversation today with actually not one of my athletes, but one of my athletes' boyfriends um, is trying to pursue being on the, being on the football team you know, at a Pac-12 school. And he is, yeah, it's been tough. He's been playing at a lower level. For his whole career, he has yeah. one season of eligibility left. And he was trying to make this decision. Do I stay at the school that I've been at? Or do I take this chance, potentially sit the bench, potentially maybe walk on, maybe they're not going to let me, maybe get some money, maybe not. Like there's a lot of risk involved. And really what I tried to do is get him to think about his identity, like his values. Neither decision would be bad. It's just a matter of who you are and what matters to you and what's going to make you the most satisfied. And imagine you're at this crossroads in your life. And if you choose to stay in your comfort zone, you're going to go this way. And if you choose to take a risk, you're going to go that way. And that's not really life-changing necessarily if it's one time. But if you are the type of person who always chooses to stay in your comfort zone, then that's going to take you down a long trail that direction into safety, into security, but maybe not the best possible version of yourself. If you are someone who always takes a risk and puts yourself out of your comfort zone, that could take you a totally different place. So it's up to him to choose, like, okay, what is important to me? Is it important to me to be secure? Or is it important to me to take this shot and maybe maybe fail, maybe not, but be courageous and take that chance? And so I think that's, that's a good thing to think about too, is like if I made this kind of decision over and over and over again and I made that a habit and that's just who I became, would I like where I'm going or would I not? Yeah, I want to I wanna jump in on that idea. I think that was well said. Um, I think also... There's a big, uh, a big reason to really, really try and be present in whatever you're doing. And I think um, one reason why a lot of times whenever we look back on, on times that felt really, really hard, right, or there was a lot of adversity in our life, but we look bad, back on them and we think, wow, like I was pretty happy, actually. Like you didn't necessarily realize it. Um, it's because there is a real component um, to being in a stressful situation, going through hardship that brings you present. Right. And so you're alive in the moment. And there's a huge part of the human experience, I believe, right, that that can only be experienced in that state, right, in that presence. Um, And I think the danger with seeking comfort 
is actually not the comfort itself, right? A little bit of a contrary opinion here. Opinion here. Um, I don't think it's necessarily that there's anything wrong with seeking comfort. And in a lot of ways, like I, I think planning ahead and trying to put yourself in a good situation is the best move. I think the problem, and I've been through this at times in my own life, the problem with trying to seek comfort every time or every way is that you start looking at tomorrow, right? Or next week, right? And that thing, whatever that thing is, right? New truck, new girlfriend, like new PR, like whatever. That thing that's going to quote unquote give you comfort and happiness is in the future and the future never yeah. ends here, right? You live your life in the present. Um, and I think for, for this example, right, is that it's not necessarily about the hard road, not about the easy, easy road. Like there's definitely some fulfillment things we could get into. Um, but, you know, I, I know people that have what I would consider extremely easy lives and they're very happy yeah. in them. Um, because they're not looking about like, oh, wow, my, my life's going to be easy in a month. My life's going to be easy yeah. in a year. They're just, they're busy in the present. I'm like, man, like wake up in an air-conditioned home, right? I, I love my spouse. I get to eat good food. Like my job's super, you know, I don't physically work. I get paid a lot. I don't hate to do it. Like yeah. whatever it is, right? And so, but but they're present within that. And I think that, right, because because if you want to look at easy and hard, like every single American's it's life easy. <laughs> is so damn yeah. easy, like yeah. so easy, right? And we've talked about this before, but like the the lowest level of Americans still have life so much easier than literally every single human to have lived up until, I don't know, 150, 200 Definitely. years ago, right? Like we've got smartphones, we've got medical clinics, you know, we've got just even clothing, right? If you want to think about how freaking badass I guess we're custom. <laughs> um, modern, modern clothing is, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I do, I'm not saying like chase comfort by any means, but I do think it's more about the presence and the involvement, right. And the, and the visceral experience of living your life, right. Cause it, it's the one life that you get. It's the one shot that you get to experience those things. I think in my opinion, it's, it's that that really separates yeah. um, those who are more fulfilled and those who are more present. Um, because at the end of the day, right, even if you're taking the quote unquote really hard route is like, you're still going to go home to an air conditioned or a heated place, right? You're still going to drive your vehicle home. You're still going to have, you know, health insurance. You're still going to have, you know, you can drive to, to Whole Foods and get your $7 off. The <laughs> yeah. Right. And so the whole like easy, hard life. I don't know if I buy that, but like the, once again, my opinion, being present in your life um, and like really, really taking action on your decisions and ownership for um, right for, for your choices and consequences and where it's headed and facing new challenges. Like that's where life becomes really. Well, I think that's though when you're living in your identity, like when you're content and you know who you are and what you want and what you need, and you're content in that, you're present in that, and that's how you're living, right? And so if you're not, if there's something nagging, if there's some sort of disgruntled feeling in there where you're not doing what you feel like you could do or you want to do because you're choosing something else for the sake of comfort or safety, that's where I think that gets messed up, right? Because that person wouldn't be living in their identity. They wouldn't know who they are and what they want and they need, or they do and they're just ignoring it. So I think that's the difference is like, I totally agree with you, like being present and experiencing life and, and being content in that 
um, is important. And I think you do that when you're really secure in who you are and you know exactly who that is. Yeah. No, no, I, I completely agree on that, on the account of um, being true to yourself, right? Like if you're not being like whatever your values are, I'm not going to place judgment on yeah. those here, but like, like whatever your values are, if you're not being true to those, like no matter, no matter what your life looks like, um, chances are you're not yeah. going to be happy, right? There's, there's, there's plenty of millionaires and professional athletes and, you know, hedge fund managers or whatever else who are probably. Yeah, I just talked to a recruit yesterday. Um, and I asked her, like, what would make the last, you know, your your last years of your college experience an unforgettably amazing experience? And she she said right off the bat, she's like, oh, winning a national championship. And then she she like thought about it for a second. She's like, well, actually, if I won a national championship, but I hated the year and it wasn't very fun, I actually probably wouldn't really look back on that well. So maybe it's more like. I want to compete with a team who's like on fire for the sport and they have really strong camaraderie and blah, 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 blah. So what she was speaking to or what she really valued, which was camaraderie and being a part of something bigger than herself and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, I I think that's cool. It's cool that, you know, a younger person had that realization. Um, That's not, I I don't think that's the most common thing by (laughs) any means. Um, But well, good, good. Uh, well, we've been going for over 45 minutes now. so been Crushing life. Crushing it. Uh, do you have any uh, kind of final thoughts kind of as we begin to land this plane um, that you'd like to get out and share with our audience? I would just like to honor the fact that this is an incredibly hard process. Um, there's a quote somewhere that says, to be yourself in a world that's trying to make you be something totally opposite is the hardest and most noble thing you'll ever do. And even just figuring out who that is, is, is challenging. So, you know, you and I can talk about this all day long and still the next time I have something really challenging happen in my life, it's going to be another hard thing to get through and, and another hard process of realizing who I am and remembering who I am um, and what I truly value in life. It's easy to get distracted on that. So just honoring the challenge in that, but also that there's so much value in spending the mental energy on that because at the end of the day, that's that's going to di- direct the trajectory of your life. And I'd say that's pretty important. Wow. And there you have it, <laughs> Lindsay Kirschman, the uh, most successful women's basketball <laughs> strength coach to have ever Okay. Listened. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, listen, in 25 years, when we look back on this, I'm going to look like a genius. <laughs> I hope so. But, well, no, um, it, it all, I've been on a big kick. Um, guess we're not landing okay. plane quite yet. I've been on a big kick recently about defining success, right? Defining winning. And I'm sure we could have a whole nother couple of hours just talking about that. Um, but I, I found it really curious. I was listening to someone and they were basically talking about what is winning, right? Um, is it, and, and like they, they weren't talking specifically in the world of sport, but we can even apply it there. Like is winning, winning every single game, right? Is it doing that for one year? Is it doing it for five years, for 10 years? Is it, you know, having a, a, a winning record in conference, right? Is it, is it going undefeated in non-conference? 
Um, is it graduating your players? Is it right? So I know this is something we both care a lot about as, as college coaches. Is it graduating young people who can actually go out in society, right? And thrive and be better off because they spent time with us as opposed to athletes who unfortunately, specifically basketball, right? They carry that reputation of not having gotten it as serious as an education, right? Because professors let them slide by, right? Cause they were on the basketball team. Right. And so, um, to bring it back to defining what winning is, I think that goes a long way into defining what success is in your life, right? What does success look like? Does it look like having the, the million dollar a year job, right? Does it look like having the prettiest wife or husband, um, you know, and like the, the trophy wife, right? Um, does it look like having the best truck? And so I think one thing that I didn't do um, very well, and I'm still struggling to do, and part of the reason why, like, by getting injured has been so difficult for me, is I didn't define, like, what success mm. looked like in my life, right? And so for me, part of my, even though I don't know if I would have said it, part of my uh, formula, right, for being successful, for being happy, was being this really fit person who was super capable, like, to me, the capability aspect was much more important yeah. than the numbers. And so like, I knew like, okay, sure. Yeah. I could squat, you know, 450. I could front squat, you know, 370 or whatever, like the week before I got hurt. And like, that was kind of important to me, but it was more important. The fact that I knew that, Hey, if like, if we're throwing down and having a basketball game, yeah. I can play hard for an hour. Right. If, if we're going for a trail run, like I can keep up with anybody who's not a, like a, a mm -hmm. true runner. Right. If we're going mountain biking, I can, I can take a bike off a jump. If we're going swimming, right? If we're like, if we're going out drinking, yeah. right? And <laughs> yeah. I can drink <laughs> for better, yeah. for worse than that one. Um, but so much of it for me, um, in my identity was being this capable person, right? Who could physically overcome things and who could endure things. And then all of a sudden, right? I, I have this quite literal physical issue that I can't just yeah. overcome. Um, and so I heard a really interesting quote on toughness that basically said like, anything that you choose to endure, that's not toughness, right? The, the true toughness and mental character happen and are exposed whenever you're mm. going through something that you can't yeah. choose to quit. And so I know you've been through some truly terrible workouts in your life. Um, I have as well because <laughs> of you. Um, I, I My athletes say the same thing, Elias. <laughs> but anyways, um, right, all of those, you can choose to quit at any moment, right? You can end the suffering, right? And there's obviously consequences for quitting, but yeah. it's always there, right? And so it's a little bit different than this, where no matter how much I want to get out of this canoe, right, I'm yeah. stuck in this thing for, you know, six mm -hmm. to nine months, right? Um, and so that, that's like that's been a real identity struggle with me is the fact of like, how do I re regain part of who I thought I was, right? Part of what I thought was so important for defining me. Um, whenever like just literally until the time passes, it can't be regained, right? There, there's no workout I can do. There's no supplement I can take, right? Time just has to pass while my tendon knits yeah. itself back together. I think, uh, I think we talked about this before, but it's like, you are still the same person in this wall of constraints. Your constraints have just shifted drastically. So as Elias, you still have to figure out how to operate within these different constraints. 
and you're still a person who values being really good at something. So you're probably going to figure out a way to be really good at something else during this time. You're podcasting. You figured out how to, how to start a podcast. You know, you would have never done that if you would not have gotten hurt. <laughs> um, you know, true. and there, I'm sure there's going to be other things that come, come your way like that too. Um, and like I told you, you're going to get a jacked upper body. That's for sure. So you're just, uh, I'm just going to buy. Some there you shirts. go. That's the real key. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just, it's a good thing to think about though. Like I'm still the same human being that values the same thing. So how can I operate as myself within these new constraints that I'm in? It's going to take some creativity, um, and some resilience, but I'm 1000% confident that you're going to do it. Well, I appreciate that. I will Venmo you for all the <laughs> therapy here after we get off. Um, I'm sure that it's been at least a couple thousand dollars. Well, you're see. keeping me careful. I was doing box jumps today, and I was thinking about you. I was being very careful when I was landing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the jump down. It's the jump down. You know, they say speed doesn't kill. Oh, shoot. It does. Yeah. Um. But hey, um, thank you so much for getting on here. I know that you've probably been up for about 16 <laughs> hours, put in a full day at school. So I, I, I do appreciate your time. Um, I know that at least I got a lot out of this. I hope that some of the two or three listeners who are left also get something. <laughs> well, out of this. I always get something out of talking to you. You're always my first go-to person for uh, thinking things through. So I appreciate you. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to end it here and then see if I can get this thing uploaded. <laughs> And as we wrap this episode up, I just want to give one more thanks to Lindsay for her time uh, and the fantastic conversation we had. I know it was really insightful to me, um, kind of helped me with some of the various things that I've been going through dealing with this injury of mine. Uh, I also really hope that for some of you guys out there, uh, it can also help you through anything that you have gone through, something you're currently going through, or potentially something you go through in the future. Um, thank you so much for listening. Um, I really do appreciate the uh, the text, the conversations, the, the Instagram messages that I've had from some of you guys. Um, thank you so much for that. I would love any feedback. Um, as always, please um, like this podcast, leave a review. It does help it get around. Um, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.